Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hyrith and Other Words podcast. I am your host, Timothy Mangle, and um, this week we're doing a solo episode. And uh, we're going to be talking about the field in which all things grow. And I am very excited about this. Um, This specific topic I am just a huge fan of. um, And I can just go on and on and on about that. And I will in a couple of minutes. But before we do that, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of do some housekeeping and just let you guys know about some stuff that's going on and some changes that are going to be coming to the podcast. Um, Yeah. Yeah. so normally how we do the podcast is I will do a solo episode and then the next week uh, I'll have a friend come over and we'll have a conversation slash interview and just kind of talk about something with, with them. Um, and recently, if I'm, if I'm just being really honest, a lot of trying to find guests and to make sure schedules are, you know, work and, um, you know, that my house will be clean and and just all of this stuff it's it's a lot to bounce with a a full-time job and actually i'm in the process of getting it starting a new job within the next couple weeks so and which i'm very excited about i can talk about it some other time but um yeah just with with all this going on and and all this stuff i my heart is always to give you the listeners the best out of everything that i can And I feel like for me, what that looks like is maybe stepping back from having two interviews a month, just cutting it down to one, focusing on that, and then focusing on the solo episodes and making them, um, I don't want to say better because I feel like the ones before have been good. I just really want to be able to focus more on this and, yeah, kind of not have to worry about those uh, other stuff behind the scenes and as semantics as much. At least in this season, um, there's a chance that, you know, who knows what the future is going to look like. It could be more people coming on than normal. Um, yeah, so, but uh, yeah, just for now, for the next couple months, um, at least as I go through this job transition, and um, I am in the process of actually trying to find a new studio for this place um, and for the podcast, Um but yeah, I'm still working all of those things out. So for the next couple months or so, um, or the, at least the foreseeable future, it's just going to be one interview a month with somebody, and then the rest are going to be these solo uh, episodes. And I really hope that that's okay with you, um, because this is for you, so I want you to be able to enjoy whatever it is that that we're doing here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... That being said, I actually, I know that I get a lot more listens whenever I have somebody else on because they, you know, they do their part and they share and, you know, I, I get an audience from from those uh, people who, you know, might not know about the podcast but are hearing about it through, a you know, a guest that has come on or whatever. So all that to say is because I'm not going to be doing that as much, the podcast isn't going to be getting spread as much, which... Um, you know, it seems weird for me to be complaining about that or whatever. I don't really think I'm complaining, but all that to say is I really need your help. Um, if you have found, you know, this episode or any episode beneficial, I just ask that you would share that with, um, a friend or two. Um, yeah, just to, 
help get the words out. Um, that would, yeah, mean a lot to me. It's just, it's the simplest, easiest way to be able to help and support the podcast is to just tell somebody about it or to just share it on your timeline. Um, yeah. So, okay, so just a quick recap going forward. Going to be doing a lot more solo episodes, but with that, hopefully I'm going to, uh, in uh, May, next month, I'm going to be doing a three-part series that will be three solo episodes in a row all on one topic, which I'm, I'm looking forward to that very much. So that will kind of be like a test run to see, you know, if people like this or not. But ultimately, I want to hear from you. What do you want what makes you happy from this podcast? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I think I covered all that. Um, but if you have any questions or anything, and uh, just feel free to message me. If you want more content, sign up for our Patreon. It just starts at a dollar a month. Um, and then you get a bonus episode a month there. And plus, we got a whole like eight or nine episodes in the back catalog there. So you got lots of stuff to check out. Um, all right, now that that's all taken care of, uh, let's talk about the field in which all things grow. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about God a lot this this um, this episode, and that's always been one of my favorite topics, or at least, you know, my whole life. Um, but somehow along the way... Um, I started to develop this picture in my head when, when someone would say God or when I would think of God. Um, and I feel like this probably is, you know, it's more common than it's not. But the image that I get in my head is one of, you know, a human man. He's, or the image that I used to get, let's say, is one of a, a human man, a, you know, old gray hair and, and long beard. Um, yeah, and... I'm not here to say that that's bad or wrong or anything like that. What's the most important thing is how you relate back to that image, right? So for me, um, I don't necessarily know if having that image of God in my head um, really is the most beneficial. Um, and this is for me personally, um, because I know some people who do have a similar image or something like that, and it, and it works for them. So... You know, it's all about connecting back to spirit. It's all about connecting back to God. So however you interpret whatever that word means, as long as it is something that centers you and, and continues to move you forward in a, a light and loving way, then kind of how you define that word, it doesn't really matter, at least to me. Um, you won't have me like kicking in your door with a referee whistle blowing, you know, blowing it whenever you envision God a different way from me. That's fine. That's yeah. Um, yeah. So this idea of God is an old man with a beard sitting on a cloud, you know, dis we're all very familiar with that archetypical image of God. Um, and, and again, not that that's a, a wrong image because God, he, he's ancient. He's, He's personal, and so those two things alone kind of put it into it's it's easier for our brains to understand it when we make it an old person, because old, ancient, personal person, right? So it's the words that we use easily define the things that we're describing. I mean, that's what words are for. Um, 
Yeah, so there's a reason that this image or archetype or whatever of God comes up because it there is some validity to it. Um, I just, for me personally, I found a deeper and more, again, p- personally fulfilling definition and understanding of uh, that word and that reality. Um, so when I was coming into my time of trying to, you know, as I talked about in my episode, um, uh, I believe it's called Missionary to Mystic, and I talk about my spiritual journey, I talk about this time of walking away from all sort of fundamental understandings of God and and trying to redefine those things or re-understand those. um, And, you know, one of the biggest questions that I've ever asked in my life and, and spent a lot of time trying to figure out is this question of what is God? Um, and that question arose in this time of, of trying to redefine all of these things and re-understand those. So uh, when I was going through that time, I remembered this Bible verse from the Bible um, because that's where you keep Bible verses is in the Bible. And it's from this book called Acts, which is Acts of the Apostles. So Jesus dies and is uh, resurrected and then ascends to heaven. And after that time happens, those the time before that is which in Jesus's life is called the Gospels. And so you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the Gospels. That's Jesus's life. And then the next book in the Bible is called Acts of the Apostles. And so that would be the people who were the disciples of Jesus after Jesus went away, wherever he went. I hope he sends a postcard. Um, <laughs> those people were left here. And, and it's important to know what their first, how they migrated through that first season of Christ being gone. And in that time, uh, rose a man named Paul. And I've if you've listened to the podcast, I've mentioned Paul a lot. And Paul was just, uh, Paul was the disciple that took Judas's place after Judas hung himself for betraying Christ. So Paul came in and kind of self-appointed himself as, uh, as a disciple slash apostle of Christ. And I'm saying a lot of big, big biblical words or whatever, but Paul was one of the first Christian missionaries to go out outside of Jerusalem and Israel, that that area, really. And the reason that that's significant is because it's not necessarily clear whether or not the disciples understood that the message of Jesus was something for all people. Um, in the book of Acts, you don't really see there's... There, there any sort of urgency within the disciples themselves to take this message outside of um, Jerusalem. A lot of the heart behind Acts is, is actually seeing God work within these people to help them understand that their religion and their way of being wasn't just for them and their small cycle, circle, but actually it was a mode of being that was for all people. And I believe I've talked about this before. This is where we get the idea of um, Catholicism. So the word Catholic means universal. So when they say 
Catholic Church, that's actually supposed to mean the universal church. Because the people who founded the Catholic Church understood that the Christian message wasn't just for one people, it was for all people. And I don't say that in in meaning that all people should, you know, go and convert to Christianity, but the core tenets and the core mode of being presented in Christianity could be found throughout all of these different cultures and religions and, and all of those things. And what was important to these early uh, disciples and, and apostles and missionaries were that they were able to point that out and have the people celebrate it within their own culture, within their own heritage, and um, yeah, to, to really use their own words to connect back to God. Now, Paul was in Athens, which was... As we all know, it was somewhere in the world. I was going to, Greece, right? Yeah, sure. There we go. So Paul's walking around Athens, and he sees a bunch of statues devoted to what is marked as the unknown god. So there's these people in this town who have shrines dedicated to a quote-unquote unknown god. So Paul comes along, and he sees this unknown god, and he he's there's there's something that wells up within him as he begins to talk to the people around um this this shrine this altar whatever you want to call it and he sees that it's like no it's it's not that it's not nameable we all know what it is but we just we don't know how to connect back to it so i'm just going to read this bible verse um yeah cuz for me i remember, I, I'm pretty sure I started saying this earlier. When I was in this phase of, of trying to figure things out, I remembered this verse and wanted to go back to it and read it with kind of fresh eyes and, and just read the text plain without kind of putting any of my baggage on it. And see, because for me, this was the simplest definition of what what God is. Um, yeah, and so that was the the answer that I was trying to get, you know through various different means and, and all across the spectrum. But, yeah, so the the verse that I'm going to be reading is in Acts 17, and let's start at verse 24 and go down to 28. So I'm going to be reading for a little bit. Um, hope you don't mind. I hope I do well. Here we go. Acts 17, 24 through 28. And now this is Paul speaking to people who are worshipers of the quote-unquote unknown God or people who would be surrounding that, that shrine. Paul says, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything since he himself gives gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel their way towards him and find him. Now, this is where it gets good. Yet... He is actually not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, that 
is the, the such a beautiful statement. Think about this with me, okay? So we're going to be talking about this for some time. Um, Paul is, is talking about God, and he's trying to say to them that, you know, he says it, he's like, you know, it's this isn't something that's far off and like a man on a cloud who's looking down and, and whatever, you know, because he kind of paints that image a little bit earlier, right? So he's talking about, you know, you know, he, God, he doesn't need human hands to serve him. He he gives to all humans, all, all you know, everything, the life, breath, and, and everything. Um, so again, it's easy in that kind of language to see God as this thing that gives or takes or has opinions on things or, or whatever. But then Paul goes on to kind of really summate what what God is and in, in our relationship back to that. And that is, he says, in God, we move and live and have our being. Now, the question then becomes, if God is simply something standing outside and detached from time and space that, that we're contained within, then how the heck do we live and move and have our being in God? And, you know, for me, I, I just love that 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 imagery. And I kind of think about it a little bit like a fish tank. <laughs> that that God is this big fish tank and that everything that's happening inside of it is part of what we're up to, part of yeah, this 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 grand tapestry of everything being connected and everything existing within this one larger thing. Um, so this, this belief is actually called panentheism. So what that would translate to in Greek is the idea of all in God. That's what the word panentheism means. And I would be a panentheist, which means that I believe that, that everything that exists, exists within God. And the reason I believe that is because of this Bible verse. Oh man, and I, there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's so much to be said about why I really love and appreciate this worldview. Um, and one of the reasons is, is because it's like it says here, it's, it's this reaffirming hope that God, the the source of all, you know. The source of everything, the source of all life, of all goodness, all badness, all everythingness, he's not separate from us. He's not far off doing, you know, God stuff. He's here. It's, you know, it's, and it's not even a he, it's just this, it's, it just is, isness. Um, and, you know, going off of that and, and kind of coming, you know, talking about this verse, there's this uh, famous Christian theologian, thinker, philosopher, whatever you want to call him. His name is Paul Tillich. Um, he has a couple books that I've read, uh, Courage to Be. Um, oh, boy, I'm, I'm forgetting some other ones now. Uh, yeah, Courage to Be is his, his, his big one, but and it might even be in that book. But Paul Tillich has this famous quote that is the 
that God is the ground of all being. That anything that has being, anything that is or is not, if it, if anything that could potentially exist has to exist within or on something. It, it, it has to have, if something, if, you know, you can't put a glass in the air, right? You need a, a table to put it on, right? So you need something to support the whole thing that, that goes up. And this is what Paul Tillich is trying to say by saying that God is the ground of all being. So again, God is this thing that that exists and all things that are all things that are are found within that thing. Um yeah, and that, you know, you know, again there's, you know, by definition God doesn't trans, you know, nothing transcends that. Nothing is bigger than that. So of course, the, you know, God, whatever that is, is the thing that is the it's the thing that allows all the other things to happen. You know, that's of course, you know, and again, it's the beautiful thing about God is that, you know, it's this it's it's both this thing that allows everything to happen. And oh, I forgot where I was going to go with the the other side of that. But it's because I'm getting so excited about this idea of, again, so what is the title of this? It's the field in which all things grow. And so that's really how this vision of of God really came to me was I was, you know, struggling with these questions of what is God and, and going through these verses. And I remember I was working at a place near a field and I just under, you know, I could see the field and all this just variety of things that were growing up within it and I had this understanding of well that's that is you know that field is the ground of all being for everything else in that field that that field wouldn't be able to have whatever it is in that field without the field itself right so that to you know God is the field everything else is the thing that grows up out of this um Last week when I was having my conversation with Matt, we, we talked about this uh, Jewish mystic belief of God emptying himself and that being the thing that forms creation, that there's this process that God went through six, uh, 13.6 billion years ago where it began to empty itself and that emptying became creation it became reality it became the universe so what does the word universe means one verse it's one song it's it's and again this goes back to the image painted in genesis chapter one when god created the world he spoke it out so again one thing being 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 brought out back from the source and again um like i said last week i'm with Matt is, you know, if as a singer, when I'm singing a song and, you know, that's allowed to be out there, but it's, it's a part of me. It's, it's connected to me. It's, I'm, I'm giving it to the world and whoever would, you know, participate with that, they can do that. But ultimately it's, it's connected back to, to me, the, the source of the song. And God is the same way with all things. So you have, 
God, our, our, yeah, our, our creator singing out this song. And again, it's, it's brilliant that these old, old, you know, mystics and philosophers that they understood that the universe was made in some sort of vibration way, right? So everything's made from vibration. And again, what is singing and, and what is, you know, your vocal cords, they vibrate. Um, man, I just, I just can't get over how, how beautiful and how well that all kind of, I don't know, works together. So then I guess you kind of ask yourself, well, then what is, you know, if it's all one, if it's a part of this bigger thing, then, you know, why have creation or why have, um, yeah, why have this experience? And those are very good questions that I knew you would ask and that I was kind of prepared for with a Bible verse. Um, I bring up this Bible verse all the time, so I just wanted to read it actually um, verbatim on the podcast. Um Let's see if we can find it. Because I didn't set it aside. And oh no. Yeah, I'm having a hard time finding it at the moment. Well, okay. So I'm going to stop doing that. (laughs) So the Bible verse that I was looking up was the one that I talk about all the time where any characteristic that is to be known about God can be known um, about God through nature. So God decided to manifest himself in this crazy, far out, interstellar, beautiful, complex, infinite universe. That when God wanted to show itself, it, it did this crazy thing. Right. Um, I'm slowly looking up this Bible verse while also doing this at the same time. So please do forgive me. Um, But yeah, so you you look out at creation and it's this. what, What I really love about creation is that it doesn't. I found the verse. And maybe I should just read the verse. Here we go. I'm just going to read this because I feel like I'm all over the place. But here we go. Romans 1.20 For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature has been clearly seen being understood through what has been made. So, yeah. So I'm going to read that one more time. Sorry about all the hustle bustle to get to this point. But Romans 1.20, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made. I love this, okay? Because think about it this way, right? So there's a level in which... there's a level at which we can understand God through at the, at the level that we're at. God is infinitely knowable by definition. God is infinite. The Jewish mystic word for God is simply infinity is Ein Sof. It means infinity. It is, it is, it's just, it's transcends 
bigger than anything that you can possibly put into any category. Again, by definition. So if you look at all creation or the universe, you see from our perspective, you have the earth and you have nature and it's, it's, it's coherent and it's understandable. And as you go out farther and farther into the cosmos, it gets bigger and crazier and, and more complex and, and harder to understand. And that's the same thing with God. You know, it's, it's easy to, to as, as Paul says here, you can look out into nature and you can, I, again, I would encourage everyone to do this. Go out and just stare into nature. Go and look at what has been made naturally by the outflowing of creation. Just go stare at that. And it won't be long before you understand the nature and the divine power and the, yeah, the infiniteness of God. And the reason that I can say that is because there's something that, that is spoken by nature that can't be articulated with words, but it can only be experienced and felt and understood on a level that is deeper than intellectual understanding. It's, it's a feeling thing. It's a, it's a connection thing. And again, you look out at nature and by God, it's hard to not see nature as fundamentally beautiful. And again, this it's creation exists so that the attributes and the nature of God, of the source of all things, can be manifest. And what we see in that is beautiful sunrises. We see beautiful sunsets. We see trees bearing fruit. We see death and decay, but that death and decay is ultimately wrapped back up into new life and you see all these things and it's just it's a it's gospel it's a sermon being preached and all it is is just a bird flying by a waterfall and you gaze upon that and you you let your intellectual mind step aside and you just learn to connect with that on a feeling or a gut or a spiritual level and the worries about you know being able to articulate or to to understand in a in a in a, a Western very logical and scientific way, it's that that doesn't matter because there's a satisfaction within the individual. And again, you know, so going off of this, why? Well, well, why did God choose to do this? And man, in you know, in I I can't say why. You know, because obviously a lot of that is above my pay grade. But my opinion is, is because God wants to be known. And I've had this, I know I've said this Jewish proverb on this podcast before, I think. But if not, here you go. It is, what does a being that is all-knowing, all-powerful, and all places are omnipresent lack? Limitation. And that's where we come along we come along as these limited partial beings that are helping god to understand and and to discover itself and and i it's again it's above my pay grade to say whether or not god already knows those things or just loves the experience of self-discovery 
or if he's learning something completely new, what it's it's beyond my pay grade. But I say that to say that we have this beautiful opportunity to be the knowers and the seekers and the ones who can see the divine everywhere when you learn how to look for the divine when you understand that it's not this thing that is just this far off being you know sending blessings or curses or you know taking your grandma or giving you a nice parking spot it's it's so much bigger than that it's you know it's the thing that we have we move in we have our being in and that gives us life you know that thing whatever that is again if you're if you want just the image of a, of a man whatever but understand that it's so much bigger than that and that it's it's all consuming and that it's yeah and it's and it's our gift and it's our it's our duty to be here and to seek and to discover and again god is this huge word for this deep 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 infinite and personal aspect and of reality you know it's 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 just it's the fish tank that we're swimming in it's the field in which all things grow uh yeah so again what is what is the encouragement for us and and what do i kind of hope that you walk away from this with um I'm going to read one more Bible verse for you. This one I actually have marked, so hopefully it will be a little bit easier to find. I won't have to do Googling on my phone mid-podcast. But this is from Psalms 139, starting at verse 7. This is, this is good stuff. This is the hope that I'm trying to present through this belief and, and through this understanding of God. But uh, it says... Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in death, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. My friends, we are connected and a part of and swimming in and immersed in and growing out of this beautiful thing called God. Now, if you question, is that thing beautiful? Is it, is it benevolent? Is it on our side? Again, all of its divine nature can be known by sitting by a waterfall, by sitting by a stream. If, if you have any flowers nearby, if you have any grass nearby, all of those things radiate the glory and the goodness of God. You know, that's another verse from the Bible. It says the heavens declare the glory of, of God. And, and it doesn't just mean this heaven, this, this utopian place that we think of whatever, but it means the skies. 
It means when we look up and we see clouds rolling across the sky and we see beautiful sunsets and we have this adoration swell up within it. It's because we're supposed to enjoy that. It's supposed to it's because we're supposed to give into the adoration, to give into these desires for beauty and for benevolence and goodness. So my friends, I, I hope that you are encouraged that no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter what you believe, no matter your skin color, your political party, your religion, your whatever, that you are connected back to the loving source of which you move and have your being and you live. And I want you to be encouraged by that. I want you to understand that your life isn't this meaningless thing that's kind of happening arbitrarily out here in the middle of nowhere, but at the heart of you, at the heart of everything around us is this deep, connection back to life and back to our being and, and back to just everything and I hope that that encourages you I hope that that gives your suffering an excuse of why it's here because again it's not just here to be this one thing that's just suffering but it's here to be a part of of everything um and and you know the real you know I love this belief because it's it answers the question of, you know, well, where is God? He's he's right here. We're connected to him. We have our being in him. We're we're intertwined with that. There is, you know, the 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 distinction between me and you is or you know, me and God is really just this arbitrary thing that I make up in my head. But at at any time that I want the presence, the spirit the, the source of all life, it's here. It's just learning how to, to find it and to, to be aware of it. And, okay, one more Bible verse, but Jesus says that, he says, I am the vine and you should abide in me. So think about that is that your grapes growing on a vine, right? So Jesus is the God avatar of the Bible. So he's, he's the representative figure of God. So he says, I am the vine. So that's God saying, I am a, a vine and you are my fruit. And again, think about that. Think how beautiful of a compliment that is to you as an individual. That, you know, when you look at a grapevine, you're not looking at the vine. You're looking at the grapes. So even there you see this great, beautiful humility in God that he's not saying, you know, I am the grapes. I am the, you know, the whole thing that's, you know, it's, it's about me. But God is saying, no, I am the vine and you will be the grapes that grow up out of it and be can be juicy and, and be salt and be light and all of these things, man. Man, that's so good. And again, it just it goes back to this mode of being that as we, you know, if Jesus says, if you want to abide in me, abide in my teachings. And what are his teachings? He says the whole law can be summed up in these two things. Love the Lord your God with all of your being and to love your neighbor as yourself. If you can do those two great difficult tasks and, and not even just do them, but to aim yourself and to set yourself as this is, this is how I want to conduct myself. 
you'll the ground of being is will be on your side the ground of being will will match up with would because again it's natural within you to want to be connected back to the vine to be connected back to the source because we are all connected to it um so my friends i love this <laughs> If you have any questions, if you want to know more about this, if you feel like I wasn't clear, understand that it's all just the field in which all things grow. That's what God is. God is this infinite field. Everything is growing out of it. And that can be seem impersonal, but again, he's just as close to us as the vine is to the grape. Uh, probably even closer. My friends, I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you know that you are not alone. I hope you know that you have great purpose in being here. So yeah, I hope you come back. I, I just ask that you would share this. You would let your... Uh, just tell somebody this week that they matter. How about you just do that for me and share this about. But make sure you tell somebody this week that they matter and that, yeah, they're a part of something so much bigger than themselves. All right, friends. I think that's all for me. I hope uh, I hope you're well. I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope you're surrounded by people who love you um, and people that you get to love. And uh, yeah, so friends, I just ask that you would love the Lord your God with all of your strength and all your might and all of your being and that you would love your neighbor as yourself and that you would love yourself because you are loved. Goodbye.